Light rain showers and nine degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Today's the last day residents of northeast and southeast Calgary can walk in to get their first COVID-19 shot at a special clinic running this weekend only. The clinic has been set up at the Village Square Leisure Centre and is open 8 a.m. To, until 10 p.m. No appointments are needed. 5,000 shots are on hand for those needing their first dose. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I just flew over this ongoing construction site in the southeast between Deerfoot Trail and McLeod Trail. Lots of pylons up in the area. Multiple lanes are closed and the off and on ramps are a little bit of a hodgepodge right now. So just keep your eyes open to see where you need to go. Also in the downtown core, we have a right lane closure on westbound 8th Street at 7th Avenue Southwest for utility repairs. Ready for a summer refresh? Leon Summer Staycation Sale is on now. Find incredible savings on everything you need for your home. At limited time, visit leon.ca for details. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Louise Van Dam. One man is in hospital following an early morning stabbing in the northeast community of Falcon Ridge. At around 5 o'clock this morning, Calgary police were called to the 1200 block of Falcon Ridge Drive northeast for reports a person was stabbed. EMS transported a man in his 20s to the Foothills Hospital in life-threatening condition. According to police, there are no suspects in custody at this time and the investigation is ongoing. And experts say Canadians' knowledge of residential schools is woefully lacking largely due to the education system. Norman Yakalea, the Assembly of First Nations Regional Chief for Northwest Territories and himself a residential school survivor, says students need to know the realities of Canada and what was done to her Indigenous people. And that the reality of a nation such as Canada can do something like this to its own people. They have read the history books, what happened in Germany, the camps. They have read history of other nations doing this to their own people. Experts say widespread shock at the discovery of 215 apparently buried Indigenous children has highlighted the pervasive ignorance among many Canadians of one of the most sordid and as yet incomplete chapters in Canada's national story. Brad Rieger, the first Indigenous person to lead the Canadian Bar Association, is urging legal firms to examine inherent, inherent bias when it comes to hiring practices. Rieger says the association will launch a toolkit of resources later this month in an effort to expand the representation of Indigenous lawyers, law school students and administrative staff. The Winnipeg lawyer says Indigenous people are overrepresented in the justice system due to generational trauma and they face discrimination. Rieger's also calling on all Canadians to learn more about the harsh reality of federally funded residential schools, which were operated mostly by the Roman Catholic Church from the 1870s until the last one closed in the mid-1990s. Rob Westgate, The Canadian Press. Global News Sky Tracker weather scattered showers with a high of 14 degrees today. Temperatures will cool down to a low of 6 tonight with a few showers expected. Tomorrow, we're looking at cloudy conditions and a high of 14 degrees. It is 9 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis.
Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and we went through a little heat wave there last week. So when we get that type of heat, it's really hard on some of your newly planted trees and shrubs. So ensure that you're doing that slow, deep watering, getting caught up onto everything. And uh, this coming week is actually great for transplanting and uh, doing your gardening, planting some trees and shrubs, getting your annuals in your pots. I think I might do mine this afternoon. I'm going to see if I can uh, sneak out and get those done today and uh, get a little bit of flower or get a little bit of flowers into the backyard, which is kind of nice. Seeing lots of infestations of aphids. We have lots of good lush green growth. And this is the time of year when you're going to get those little critters coming all over the place. So we have a, a guy at the garden center with multiple personalities. He's usually Bur Brad the Birdman, but he has turned into Brad the Bugman. He's going to tell us some natural ways of getting rid of those nasty little bugs with some uh, little natural predators, etc. So Brad's going to fill us in on that this morning, as well as uh, Jen's going to see what's hot in the greenhouse down there. And we're going to uh, chat with her to see what's going on. And, of course, we're always going to take your calls and text to 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770 if you'd like to join us. And just so everybody knows, uh, we are done with our promotions of the Big Yellow Bag. So our good friends at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply, thank you for that for the whole month of May there. That was great. And... Uh, we uh, blossomed everybody's a bunch of people with a uh, big yellow bag. So great product. And if you need any, you can give them a shout, but uh, we are no longer giving any way that promotion is over. Just because I always tend to people get to know how I give stuff away. So it's funny. I get lots of questions. What should I fill my flower beds with? And, uh, but I like that. It's all good. We are uh, working together to, to green up our gardens and go from there because that's where you do start with good soil. And uh, it's very important with uh, in your garden, especially in Calgary, we're starting a lot of our soil is very clay-based. So amending your soil early spring before you plant is great. It makes it just nicer when you're gardening later on too. If you're working in the garden, you, you can get in there and uh, dig around a bit. makes it a little bit nicer so you're not... Uh, just feel like you're digging in rocks, which kind of takes the fun away. So you want to ensure that you are working in nice soil, and that will ensure that you end up with some gorgeous plants up top. And I am going to bring on Jen right now. We're going to see what's going on. She's ready to go. Good morning, Jen. <laughs> Good morning, Merle. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Off we go to another day, eh? Here we go. I know. I'm a bit cross-eyed with uh, just how busy it's been and all the weather changes. I heard you mentioning about the heat and, of course, the rain yesterday. So. Um, oh, and hail. I know you and I were just going over orders yesterday afternoon, and then all of a sudden, the hail coming, <laughs> you're running downstairs. You're like Superman. You fly out of your rain, kill me, whipping downstairs. And, ah! Oh, it was uh, fun. Is, it was fun. Yeah. No, yeah. and uh, that was a good downpour, though. It came down pretty quick. The, e <laughs> the eaves and the greenhouses were overflowing, so that was a, a good little blast of water for sure. Well, nothing so, like excitement, right? 
Why not? Well, I know it's, it gets boring otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> who maybe. wants just normal? Who wants normal weather? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Tornado warnings coming over our phones. All kinds no of big fun thing. stuff. So. No yeah, big thing. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're getting closer, not close, but the annual season, we're sort of halfway through, three quarters of the way through. Um, we've seen a lot of annuals come and go through the greenhouse, but lots of lots of great stuff still left in the greenhouse. Oh, yeah. And right now you're going to start seeing a little bit bigger stuff like the four, six inch and even some of the bigger one-gallon annuals as well, because a lot of people, as we get later into June, they just kind of want the more instant instant garden. So maybe want to give us a little taste of what you got going on down there? A little tour? Yeah. Um, I was just thinking in my head, oh, my goodness, I need to think of all the things because seeing them, I see them all the time, so I have to remember. But what I think the most um, exciting thing was to receive was our one-gallon veg, um, just because they mm. look so beautiful. And I know people are after squash and watermelon. We got uh, tomatoes and peppers again. Um, we have all kinds of, of veg that way still. It's and really it's, nice to see. And mm. it's a good way to start out to get a bit of a head start because you're getting yeah. an established plant, especially when you're trying to do watermelons and the cantaloupe musk yeah. melons and stuff like that yeah it was kind of cool to see that and uh terry in the tree lot so if you're if you check out um in the next week or so terry's gonna have some he's gonna put some giant pumpkins out in a few of the tree I holes saw in the, that. yeah in the caliper trees so he he started his giant pumpkins at home and he goes merle i'm gonna put them in the tree lot in the tree holes i said absolutely that'd be fun so wouldn't that be fun um, yeah yeah so let's hopefully keep an eye and uh the only thing is, we got those wascally wabbits out there. <laughs> <laughs> Do we ever? I think they know too, actually, that Terry's getting ready to put them out there. But oh yeah, it'd be we'll fun have to have to, a pumpkin he, patch if we could do it, though. Yeah, he'll have to be Elmer Fudd out there. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> him and him and Bugs Bunny can go at it. That'd be funny. Oh, poor Terry. Sorry, <laughs> I just cool. got a visual of Terry and Brad in the field. But... <laughs> Out in the field chasing rabbits, eh? Uh, but we, we have all kinds of things at the garden center. Like we had a moose earlier in the year wandering uh-huh. through. They hang out down below. Um, we have resident geese that nest every year. Yeah. Um, we do have quite a few bunny rabbits going through. Um, down below, we have a beaver who is just going crazy. <laughs> he's, he's chopping every tree down he can find. Not. He's got the he's got the creek all backed up again, which is kind of nice. So we kind of have our own little wildlife reserve do. down there at Spruce, which is kind of cool. So yeah, not just Brad and Terry. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> sorry. Can all right, get back, back right to along. flowers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get back to it. So, um, what are those big thistle-looking things? Sorry, I just those, I see them again. Yeah. Um, do you remember what those are? The ornamental artichokes. That's it. Yeah. So, what do um, they do? What do they do? It's a good question. I'm not really sure, Merle. I think they're just beautiful for their foliage because they're silver and spiky, and um, yeah, that's. I'm I'm gonna pull it up actually because I'm not sure. Do you know? I, I, actually I don't. obviously didn't order those. So <laughs> yeah, no, I seen those and they're kind of cool though. They look like a big globe thistle. They do, and so, it does say here too. The leaf stalks are actually and the stems are edible. Well, there you go. The other thing is, I have a hard time throwing a thistle in my mouth. I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I well, maybe we should try today. 
All right. Well, yeah. and usually we will be getting those hot. Uh, remember those ones? They like uh, they fizz in your mouth and then they heat right up. Which we had one? those last year. They were that type of pepper. They were that fuzzy berry thing, and you put it in your mouth. It's sort of like pop rocks, and you put oh, them on your tongue. That's um, right. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, I'll make sure I'll make sure we get those coming in again here real soon. Yeah, so all kinds of fun stuff. I know there there is lots of fun stuff, and also even in um, in the tropical house, we have the cutest little the dragon's tail um, plant that we had is a tropical plant that sold very quickly in the hanging baskets. Them mm-hmm. in a four inch pot too, so those guys are back in stock right now. And the sensitive plant people are looking for those. We have a hard time keeping them in. We have them in little two inch pots as well. Um, okay. So yeah, in the trap house, it's still open and and running. Jess has got it up and running, and people are running through there too. I know we kind of get they kind of get pushed off to the side a little bit, but keep an eye out on our social media. Um, our Tropicos will be relaunched again, sort of July first. We have a we're working on a on some stuff coming in from Florida and wherever else we can find it to <laughs> fill up our tropical jungle. Um, yep. So those this those artichokes they look very similar to a thistle. Like the flower is a big mm-hmm. purple head on them. That's they look right. actually. I might even put a couple of those in my pots, and then to some other stuff around. But they can get huge. Do you know what? Maybe we can get Jess to post a photo of a mature plant, so people yeah. know what we're talking about. Actually, that would be really yeah, cool. Yeah, giant are, ornamental artichoke. Mm-hmm. And they are tall, and their their leaves are so beautiful. It's just a different look. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All um, right. So you still got lots of hanging baskets. You got lots of uh, planters. All kinds of stuff still. We do, and things are fruiting, which is really cool. So um, there's a three-gallon tomato. I know Kay, she's got all kinds of beautiful tomatoes almost. Well, they're ready to go, actually, because I might have pulled one. And I think there's um, blueberries and uh, the strawberries. There's not are many going. of those left, though. I noticed somebody must gal. have ate. <laughs> yeah, we had the <laughs> blueberries, the, the trailing blueberries. I think all yeah. the blueberries are gone when we lowered them onto the carts so people oh. could see what was in them. <laughs> And they, so they maybe a, have gone too. Oh dear! Yeah, yeah. breakfast, a little breakfast for everybody. <laughs> a little, little so snack, just a rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely all kinds of hanging baskets and strawberries and grasses, annual grasses, perennial grasses, you name it. And we're just actually restocking the perennial house, so we'll have way more in. Some of those plants have been hard to get after, um, or even keep in stock, like the the bleeding hearts, um, the astilbes. I know we're after the ligularia right now, so but we'll be restocking that pretty quickly here. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jen. I'll let you go, and uh, and I'll see you soon. But if you're looking for anything in the annuals, perennials, go down and see Jen and the team. They'll be down there all day today down at Spruce It Up. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Merle. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. And if you'd like to join me, as I said earlier, I'm not too sure how full the phone board is or if there is, uh, 403-974-8255. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CH. QR. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Green It Up, where the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines right away. I'm going to go to Carol. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Well, you know what? I It's cold. <laughs> you know, I know. It's it cold. felt good after that heat because it was pretty hot. Um, but 
I, I do but prefer a little warmer, though. I agree with you. <laughs> Me too. I have two quick questions. And um, first one is about a calla lily. I had a beautiful, have a beautiful calla lily. The leaves began to droop, and I realized it was super uh, root bound. So I repotted it, and I have been hardening it off as well. But since I repotted it two days ago, I've got all sorts of droopy leaves. So number one, why are they drooping? Do I cut them off? What do I do? What's wrong? If the whole thing is droopy, you can try and like support it, and maybe tie it up with some like some soft twine if you have some. I do, um, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing I don't like about cattle lilies. Sometimes, and they, if they start falling on you, they kind of. So when you transplant them, you got to pack it in real tight too, and make sure you water them really well. Um, okay. But they do tend to flop over, and that is sometimes the. A disadvantage with some of the cattle lilies, and at the store, I noticed some of ours are flopping over. It's okay. just a matter of if they get a little bit dry, it's hard to get them back up. You need All to right. give a little bit of support, so they are good in the center of a pot. But if you have other plants around it that continue to support it, like if you have geraniums or something a little bit of a firmer type plant, will right. help hold them up better. So they are a little tough. Okay, so it's not that you should cut them off and they're dying. If if they start looking, if they if the color starts fading on them, absolutely, absolutely, you can cut them off for sure. And they do. Okay, and is there a is there a problem with leaving a calla and a canna outside in this weather? Oh no, absolutely no. Okay. I put cannas in my planters all the time. Okay. Um, the only thing is they can't take any when you get down to like that. Um, the coldest they can kind of take is like the plus two, plus three sort of thing. When it gets closer to zero or minus one, they do not take any frost. Ah, all right. But Great. we're in no danger of that. Like it's, I think we're pretty warm, so we're good. Okay, perfect. My last question, if you don't mind, is I talked to you last week about wanting to experiment with succulents and cacti. So I went and I bought a whole bunch, get them home get my pot ready, and I realize these things are like bone dry, absolutely bone dry. And I don't know enough about these plants except that they don't like to be in wet, right? So one of my questions is, should I water them before? Absolutely, yes. Yes, water them them all before. Yep. And then you could just keep them on a regular – you probably hit it just at the end of a cycle when – if you got them from us, I know we, we yes, tend to let our we let our succulents go a little bit drier. Then we water them sort of good once or once a week, twice a week, depending on how hot it is. But okay. um, yep, yeah, so just water them really good before you plant them, and then when you put them in the soil, just water the whole thing really well, and then just let it dry in between waterings, and you'll be totally fine. Okay, so then um, uh, with all this rain, so if I do that, and with all this rain that projected this week should i perhaps keep them out of the rain a little bit because oh and then can they be kept outside now uh, absolutely yeah they, you can definitely put them outside um for the most part they can take a bit of moisture too like if they've just been transplanted just don't water them like let them dry after the rain and just, as long as you make sure you the pot that you use has some drainage holes so it's not holding the water yeah, it does. Okay, so I, I water them now before transplanting. Yeah. And yeah. then once they're in the new soil, um, water the I whole give pot. them uh, the whole pot and just keep them outside and not to worry yeah. until the fall. Okay. Absolutely. Yep, yeah, no, they gorgeous for you. Lots of light. They can take the heat if you like. Yeah. They'll be awesome. You'll love them. Perfect. Thank you so much for everything. Have a good day. 
You as well. Take care. Okay. Thanks, Carol. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I got a few texts. Um, get, again, lots of, uh, lots of thoughts on the, getting texts on the aphids. So what you can use is pure spray green on a lot of the aphids. If you just leave them, it won't really kill the plant, but it does take all the nourishment out and the, aesthetically it will affect them. So um, pure spray green is a great one. You need to use it though, sort of, or ambush every five days, sort of like for three cycles because they're born pregnant and then they're kind of, so they just, if you don't break the cycle, they just, the next batch will go, the next batch will go. So you got to go every five days for three cycles and then that should get rid of them for the most part. Or you listen up to what Brad has for us. He's going to give us some tips here at uh, around 935. He's going to call in and let us know what else we can do to combat these little critters. And I'm going to go to the phone line, and I'm going to chat with David. Good morning, David. Uh, good morning there. Hey, uh, last year I uh, trimmed back my lilac tree way too late, and consequently this year there's been no blooms whatsoever. I'm just yep. wondering, when do I cut, or what do I do to make sure I get blooms next year? I would just leave it then for the most part, because right now it's when it sets bud. Oh, okay. Yeah. Unless you're like you're trying to, they're not one. Like if you're trying to shape them or keep them as a hedge, like at a certain height, yeah. lilacs, you do lose the blooms. Because I used to live in Sundance, and they had the lilac hedge all the way around, sort of the lake property there at the in the in Sundance, right. and they'd always keep the back, the west hedge, sort of trimmed. There'd never be any blooms on top. It'd bloom on the side, <laughs> but then never on top because you keep cutting off the buds, right? Right, right. Okay, so here's the question. This is actually a really tall tree or bush. It's like about 12 feet high. I wouldn't mind getting it down a bit because it is getting a bit too high. So I guess now would probably be a good time to cut it back, like maybe a third, just to get right, get down to a manageable height, I guess. It, it, or, it's just, it, but you won't be able to manage it. That's the thing. Like, oh. If you want the blooms, if you just want to keep it as a hedge, you'll be fine. But if you right. kind of want the best of both worlds, if you want the, the blooms, if you're trying to keep a lilac contained – like yeah. They grow to a height, and they kind of like that ten to twelve feet, and they kind of just stay there. Oh, they do. Um, they don't really. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Because I got a whole bunch. Like we have a little spot down below at, at Spruce where you have big lilacs, and they don't really grow. They just sort of stay at that sort of that. They get to that eight to ten, twelve feet high, and then they just oh. stay there. Okay, well, yeah, I'll just leave it till next year because we're definitely at that height, and I was afraid to keep going and going and going. No, no, no. They they get to a sort of limit, and then they just they'll just produce beautiful blooms for you. A little awesome. bit of growth, but they won't they won't go any taller than that. So, thanks, Merle. I'll leave it to I'll leave them to next year then. Perfect. Okay, perfect. Enjoy, thanks. and hopefully you get some nice blooms next year. Perfect. Thanks, thanks again. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, and and I got one text here. Looking for acreage trees. Acreage trees. Thoughts on white ash? Do you care? I'm not always a big fan of some of the ashes, especially out in the country. I find that. Um, the real hardwoods don't do well out there. So I would go, there's some good poplars and things like that, Tristis or Byland poplars. Um, I would go, if you're, depends if you're looking for a real big tree, some of the willows would be great. Um, even some of the ornamental crabs would be better. I just find that the ash, they just get too much winter kill. And if you're not watering them in really, really good in the fall, you end up, 
And typically ash trees like that are the first to lose their leaves, the last to get their leaves. So they're not giving you really a great performance. So there's a, quite a few other trees that I would recommend. And right now I'm going to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Light rain showers and 8 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A man in his 20s is in life-threatening condition following an early morning stabbing in the northeast community of Falcon Ridge. At around 5 o'clock this morning, Calgary police were called to the 1200 block of Falcon Ridge Drive northeast for reports of a person stabbed. According to police, there are no suspects in custody at this time and the investigation is ongoing. And today's the last day. Residents of Northeast and Southeast Calgary can walk in to get their first COVID-19 shot at a special clinic running this weekend. The clinic has been set up at the Village Square Leisure Centre and is open 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. No appointments are needed. It's 8 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm going to go to the phone line. Going to talk to Myrna. Good morning, Myrna. Uh, we have a Cotone Aster hedge. It's probably 15, 20 years old. And last year, I think it got scale. Yeah. And so I cut out some of the dead wood, and it still didn't look very good. And then this spring, it got hit uh, by aphids. So we thought we would try to rejuvenate it by cutting it right down yeah. to the ground. Uh, now, there's quite a few um, suckers, I guess, or new growth coming up, and they're all different lengths. Some are short, some are tall. Should we cut those off as well so that everything kind of grows up to the same height? I, I would wait until it gets a bit taller. Wait till they get about 18, 20 inches high. Okay. Because um, you, you, you should start getting a good blast of growth here coming up. So just ensure that use one of those soaker hoses, make sure they're getting good water, and then fertilize at this time, like either like a 20-20-20 or even like a 30-10-10, because there already is a good root system. You want to okay. get some growth up top. Right. So just ensure that you're giving a good shot of fertilizer, because it's going to be using lots of food right now, because it's trying to grow. Um, right. So 20-20-20 is probably one of the best ones for that. Okay. Give it a good shot of fertilizer mm -hmm. sort of once a week until... Uh, mid-July and then okay. at that time you'll probably be 18 20 inches high and then you could just sort of trim off the top just to even it up and that's sort of when you start training it and then just let it go a little bit more from there it'll thicken up but okay. you should see a lot healthier hedge in the near future okay sounds good and potent pillars did I hear you say that you should cut those down to the ground every spring not no, not every spring. That's typically more spireas or Annabelle hydrangeas. Potentilla. Oh, okay. I tend to rejuvenate them sort of every five to eight years, sort of thing. Okay. They get kind of ratty looking, and then right. they they do they do they perform really well when you do it. You just take them down. They just they love being rejuvenated. Then they get all that new growth. They love okay. it. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All Thanks right. Thanks, Myrna. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye. And, Bye bye. And when you are doing that with for anybody looking to rejuvenate, it is important do a really good cleanup, especially if you're doing it because of the scale infestation. I got another text um, from somebody in uh, in uh, in Ward 13. Oh, that's actually from Diane Collier. Yeah, she's talking about uh, she was touring some of the 
her community areas. And it is unfortunate. We're seeing so much of that um, scale, and it's infesting the the Catoni uh, asters, a lot of the willows, lots of the shrubs. And it it's unfortunate that it's been somewhat let go. Um, a product we have is Pure Spray Green. It works really quite well on them. And some of them, when they get onto the bigger trees, you almost have to rub, spray it on and then spray it onto like a terry cloth, like a white, like a like a face cloth type thing. And you almost have to wash the branches off and sort of help scrub it off a bit. Depends how bad it is. And I've seen a lot of times where the city is even using a pressure washer. The only thing is you got to be careful when you're pressure washing that you're not um, damaging any of the bark. So it, so it is help it is um very hurtful on a lot of this thing so and i do i know i've given the city a hard time on some of the on the maintenance on so many times we're planting so many trees and then we're just not watering them and stuff so i'll be in touch with diane here on on her text so i really appreciate it. i know she's always concerned about those kind of things so um hopefully i can help out and we can work together and and come up with some solutions to make sure our canopy is staying nice and nice and healthy and Speaking of pests, we're going to go, and I hear him buzzing around. we got Brad the Bug Man. Good morning, Brad. <laughs> morning. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Good, good. Uh, <clears throat> I'm uh, the Bug Man today, I hear. Yeah, you switched You switched your outfit today. You're, you're just buzzing yeah. around there. And <laughs> I got my Bumblebee outfit on. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that should be a sight at the gate for everybody to see. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you and the dinosaur, eh? Yeah, me and the So we got some pretty cool things in the other day at the garden center. You want to maybe just fill us in on some? And these aren't spraying things. These are things that uh, are some predators, etc. So maybe let us know what's what. What do you got going there, Brad? Yeah, um, you end up actually in some of them. You end up do spraying when you make the mix. But um, I'll start with the praying mantis. They. Uh, we're sold out of them right now, but we have more coming in this week. So they come in a little kit, and they're like in their little nest, kind of like in a sack. Holy, and that, then they, that sold quick, eh? Oh, it was unreal. Yeah, like they were gone. Um, so when you do get them, they can take up to four weeks to hatch, but the ones we got was two weeks. And then when you get them home, you just let them out in your like your shrub bed or your flower garden or whatever. The only thing you got to be careful with them is they're opportunistic and they're cannibalistic. So they eat good and bad bugs. So you don't want to maybe release those if you're going with a bunch of ladybugs or something. But if you have an aphid problem or something like that. Or thrips, even, some of the ones that are hard to get. Yeah, thrips, aphids, all that. Um, so put, put some of these out there and... From what I understand, they work really, really well. Yeah, I think they're a little bit more um, ferocious than the ladybugs, from what I understand. They, right, they when they get in there, and they'll yeah. stick around. Yeah, they will stick until... around. Yeah. Cool, and, and then, so that's a praying mantis. So it's uh, yeah. okay. And okay, and then what else we got? What else you got? We got uh, all the different nematodes. We have. Um, the birch leaf miner, and then we also have the cannabis guard, and we have the weevil guard, and we have the fungus gnat guard. And they're all very similar in the way you set them up. You kind of mix the package, like the package comes with full instructions in it. 
But the short version is you mix them all up in one liter of water, and then you, there's a sponge in there that has the nematodes. You squeeze that in the water like five to ten times to get them all out. And then the little bag that they come in, rinse that out as well, so you get them all. And then for most of the ones, other than the fungus mat, you would hook it up to a hose-end sprayer and open the hose-end sprayer to its highest setting. So you're sucking in the most amount of water. And then you spray the, the infected area. So if, say you were doing birch leaf miner, you would spray under the entire tree and about a foot out from the drip line. And okay, then, so you're not spraying the tree. You're spraying no, the... You're, the ground. Yeah. Okay. Because the nematodes run, they, they channel down the water. So as the water moves, they move. And then what you do is every like three to four days later, do it again. And then that'll help keep the nematodes moving. And that's okay. the gist of it for the birch, the cannabis, and the weevils. Um, the fungus gnat is a little different. Say you had indoor plants and you had a fungus gnat problem. Um, you do the same mixture, but then what you do is not a hose end sprayer, of course, in your house, but you wet your plants and then you pour a little bit of the, the mixture you make in each pot. And then that helps. Okay. And then it comes with two little yellow sticky sticks which you put in because that will take care of the adults that are already flying around. The nematodes get the stuff in the soil. Okay, so for the birch leaf miner, when when's the ideal time to do it? Like, like birches are just leafed out now, so right now is a, is it time to do it? You can do it now, not as not as effective as if we we should have been doing it. Um, kind of that mid May, as soon as the buds start to swell. Um, that's. That's the best time, but right now you can still do it. Um, it's uh, preventative, but then you for sure want to do it again in the fall. So that's that late August, maybe, but early September. Okay. And then that will get them for next year. But yeah, you try ideally for that mid, mid-May, mid but people are still using them now. And I asked Karen at Natural Insect Control, and she says 100% it still would help by applying it now as well. Okay. Okay, yeah, because I, I have a Young's weeping birch in my backyard, and and uh, it it's still it's still looking actually really quite good. I know I had treated it; uh, I had some leftover stuff from years ago, and treated it, which we don't have anymore. And I know Mark with our printed up crew is out. They do the triazon uh, injections on yeah. on a lot of the birch as well. But this one's. Uh, if you're if you're not into any of those programs, and this one's a probably on the this will probably the least expensive one, and yeah. uh, and you and this is a do it yourself, and it's and it's pretty safe because you're just dealing with bugs and things like it's that. So there's 100%, no insecticide. Yeah, one hundred percent environmentally friendly, safe for kids, safe for dogs, for people. It won't hurt nothing but the predators it's going after. It's almost like BTK. Okay, now, I, I know the praying mantis. They work. I know they they because we you had to leave them up in the office until they hatched, and then they're in Anna's office, and then yeah. and I, we found out Anna doesn't like bugs. The hard way. <laughs> yeah, a few of them got out. A few of them got out. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that was funny. I look across at Anna's, ah! and yeah. uh, so I apologize one- to Andy. Anna the for one, that. That the was... one tip for that is if you do pick some up here and they haven't hatched, which probably they haven't, when you get them home, if you keep them in a fridge in that you know six to ten degree range, that will slow their hatching down. But at okay. this time of year, you almost want to take them home, get them out in the garden. Yeah, no, in this yeah. time of year, you want to get it, and they're kind of nice. They come in like a little. Uh, they look like a little 
insect little house, a little colorful yeah. house, and that yeah. that you can the kids can use for maybe catching oh, for some sure. ladybugs or some other fun stuff, whatever kids like to do with those kind of things, and uh, yeah, and then they can release the bugs after. So, so um, and so right now, if uh, so, you're going to be fully stocked. You're getting more praying mantis next week. What about the nematodes? Are you stocked up on all that? Yeah, we have we have all of that right now, all of them. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I better take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons. I'm going to go right to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Damon. Good morning, Damon. How's it going, Merle? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm not not too bad for a Sunday afternoon. Um, awesome. Actually, actually had a quick question about. Uh, I'm a big fan of BLTs, and my my uncle Todd, he gave me three tomato plants. Now, okay, I I don't, I don't know if this is some sick joke because I have never gardened in my life, so I don't know if they will grow out of these little pots or do I have to transplant them? Yeah, you'll have to transplant them. So about how tall are they? Uh, they're about, um, I'd say, 16 inches. Okay. So you want to bury them. So you want to get yourself like a, a good like a 10 to 20-inch pot, like get yourself a good-sized pot. And then you oh. want to bury that tomato plant about two-thirds of it into the soil. So, so, you want actually, to, if it, he's, he, so he's actually making me do work. <laughs> yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna reap the rewards of these oh, beautiful tomatoes. Okay, so if they're about uh, if they're about 18 inches, you want to bury about 12 inches into the soil. Yeah. So you want to so just pull off the bottom leaves for 12 inches, yeah. and then leave leave leaves on the top six inches, and then bury that into the potting soil. Okay. And then water. Then you're gonna end up with really nice sturdy tomatoes. And then and, how long uh, how long will I get nice ripe? Well, you'll start getting tomatoes in July. Oh, yeah, it won't be that long. Yeah, give them lots of sun. Make sure you water them properly. Feed them once a week, sort of with the fifteen thirty fifteen, and you'll end up with some nice juicy tomatoes. Okay, okay, yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, Now I know. Now I now I have to do this. I guess so. Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right, Damon, get on it. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Take care. care, Bye. 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 All right, where am I at for time? I'm good. I'm going to go to Ron. Good morning, Ron. Good morning. Yes. How can I help you? Yeah, uh, I've been listening to your for sure, your show for a long time, and uh, I years ago I had a, a yard. Now I don't have a yard anymore, but I had a, a hand steamer and and with a nozzle on it that I used yeah. meant for the house, and and I used that to get rid of my dandelions instead of digging them up. It worked very well. I just stick it and. But it's a slow. But yeah. it, if I had a steamer without six nozzles on it, you could do quite a few. But it would just do one at a time, and it's about a couple of minutes in each. Just stick it down in the root, and all it'll kill is the dandelion. And the same thing, it worked for worked. Uh, and there was I had an an, uh, an ant hill in the, like where I, the female yeah. ant or the nest was was, and I stuck it down in there in about ten minutes or so, and. I I sure got rid of the uh, the majority of the ants, and then, <laughs> and my son my son used it. Uh, he, he 
Calgary, and, he, and on, on the, his neighbor had there was a nest of yellow jackets living under the neighbor's driveway, and he used it in there, and it he said it worked there, and so if you if, Just if somebody them had out, a commercial eh? one of those things, it would be really great. Yeah, if you get one with a good little bit of a longer nozzle, right? That would be good if a poker sort of thing. And it just cooks. It seemed like it cooked the root. And the dandelions were gone. It's that quick, and they never... It cooks the whole... Better than digging them up. No, absolutely. All right, well, thanks for that tip, Ron. I really appreciate it. It wasn't that expensive, and... But now I use I got used too much that it doesn't work anymore. But I don't have a yard, so it doesn't matter. But I yeah, but you don't have to worry. Yeah, you don't have to worry about uh, chemicals and stuff like that. So that's a Ab- great alternative. Absolutely, it'll no chemicals. It'll kill any kind of plant that you want that you don't want. Like that you want to get rid of, and it and it won't hurt the others. That might be Not a good one to try for that creeping bellflower that a lot of people have issues with. Yeah, so I, I, could steam I, them. I, I don't know that much about gardens and stuff, but it sure worked for the stuff that I used it on, on, on the roots. Just cook the root and the whole plant, it just dies. And it huh. doesn't come back again. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. Okay. You bet. Have Bye. a great day. Enjoy. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Now I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770. CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coombs going to go right to the phone line and chat with Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. Hi. Hi there. How can I help you? How are you today? I'm doing really good. Just uh, getting this gardening show going, chatting with some people. So it's actually really good morning. Cool yeah. out, so I get to miss the. Hopefully, it'll warm up by the time I get out to the garden center. <laughs> and stop raining. Yeah. I'm just calling about this ant hotel. Okay. And I understand the premise of it. You fill up a pot with soil and then yeah. put it put it where you where the ants are. Yeah. And and they crawl in the, through the holes. Yep. Do you cover the top so it doesn't get wet? Um, no, you don't really, you, you can do that if you'd like, but it, that really won't, I don't think you're not going to get enough moisture in there, like to soak all the way down to the bottom. And okay. so, um, I think you'd be totally fine by not covering it up, but I don't think it would hurt if you did. Um, but I think they would want a little bit of moisture here and there. They don't want to be flooded out obviously, but a little moisture right. here and there. I think they kind of like that. So how do yeah, you know when he- to take it away? Well, you'll you'll know you'll see fine stuff out of the on the bottom of the pot. Like you'll be able to tell that they're going in there. Yeah. Um, and just when the when the when most of the ants are in there instead of in the ground, the ants. Then you move, and if the queen's in there, then you move that away, and and you've have but success. You, they they have to come out to go eat, right? So then they yeah. come and go. Yeah, they come and go and they do their thing. But if if you, I think the premise is too. You want to get the queen and that whole, the the major part of the colony up into the into the pot. Because then when you do that, the rest of them will just either if if she's gone, then the whole thing sort of falls apart. But you never know if she's in there or not. But yeah, and that that's for sure. I guess what you could do is you take it somewhere, dump it out. Once you, once you th- if you think you have it, find that spot where you want to get rid of it into the into the garbage bin or or wherever, yeah. and you dump it in there, and and then you'll see what yeah what you have when you dump it out. 
Yeah, so That's it's kind of a guessing game. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Unless you try to get a clear bucket where you can maybe see them like the old ant farms when we were kids, right? Yeah, but then it wouldn't be hot in there, would it? Because the the pot. No, well, the clear would the be. Heat. It would still be warm, but yeah, the, a, a larger black pot is your best bet. Yeah. I have a I have a bit of information. Maybe I'll post it on our website. And uh, so I'll try to get that a little bit more formal presentation done up and I'll let everybody know next week or whatever if I have it done up on our website. Okay. All righty. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Shirley. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I still got time for one more quick one. We're going to go to Danny. Good morning, Danny. Hey, bro. Hey, how can I help you? Got a willow in Cochrane. It's a decade old, and and uh, you know it's been crushed by snow several times. And last year, early August, had some beetles of sorts. Kind of beetles. If you squish them, it's like squishing blueberries. I don't yeah. know what they were, but they killed the bottom of the. Uh, this year, I assume they killed most of it, but they killed. There was no growth on the bottom of the willow. Uppers normal until about a week ago, within a foot or two of the trunk. Um, it started to show some new growth, so, but okay. some of the some of the really lower branches have died. But so so, what does the what does the guy do? Well, you know, what do you do? Like, what do you do for the bugs first of all, and um, secondly, more importantly, what do you do with the tree, the growth, the health? You know, all that to make it look. With the willow, you got to ensure it's getting lots of water, and they are heavy feeders. I I have two big laurel leaf willows in my backyard. And I do I do water them lots. I do the deep root feeding through our pruned up company. And I this is a house I moved into three years ago or two years ago. And since I've taken over, I've just seen such a big improvement. Um, it was a bit straggly before. So doing the deep watering, because they are heavy feeders, they like it a little bit moister, and ensuring that you feed them. Because when they when they leaf out, they, they're heavy leafers, right? So they have a lot of a lot of foliage but i'm just going to put you on hold here real quick danny and then i can answer you after the break i'm right at the end of the hour here got to take sure, a quick no break you're yeah. listening to let's talk gardening on chqr mostly cloudy and 10 degree excuse me eight degrees in downtown calgary good morning from global news it's 10 o'clock i'm madeline debellis Environment and Climate Change Canada is investigating reports of a tornado spotted near High River and tracking towards Blackie from which occurred Saturday afternoon. Global's Jackie Wilson was on scene. Initial reports suggest it could have touched down around 2 p.m. and been on the ground as long as 40 minutes. Gwen Johnson was on her way home after fishing with her family when she captured a video of the tornado. We were looking to the left and we just were like, well, that's kind of a weird kind of funnel thing is that a sand is that the wind is blowing the the dirt and, and then it got more and more and so like, like let's take a video for now there are not reports of any injuries or major damage but environment and climate change canada are investigating and they do want to hear from those in the area if you saw the tornado or have damage on your property you can tweet using hashtag abstorm or send an email to abstorm at canada.ca at this time, because there are no reported damage, the tornado is being given a preliminary rating of an EF0. Jackie Wilson, Global News. One man is in hospital following an early morning stabbing in the northeast community of Falcon Ridge. 
At around 5 o'clock this morning, Calgary police were called to the 1200 block of Falcon Ridge Drive northeast for reports a person was stabbed. EMS transported a man in his 20s to the Foothills Hospital in life-threatening condition. According to police, there are no suspects in custody at this time and the investigation is ongoing. Residents of Parkland County and the Enoch Cree First Nation were warned to shelter in place yesterday afternoon due to two armed suspects on the run. And as Global's Thomas Dias reports, we now know how it all began. Edmonton police say the incident started with an EPS cruiser getting rammed by a stolen vehicle at a property near 218th Street and Stony Plain Road, resulting in a high-speed chase west of the city. The officer had been responding to a recovered stolen vehicle and trailer call, only to find two alleged thieves were still there. Police say the fleeing stolen vehicle then came to a stop on secondary Grid Road 628 near Enoch, with two suspects getting out and exchanging gunfire with an EPS member who had been trailing them in an unmarked vehicle. The suspects then fled again westbound in the stolen vehicle, but then rolled it into a ditch before fleeing on foot into a farmer's field where they were eventually found hiding in a treed area with the help of Air One and even drones. It turns out one of the suspects had been hit during the shootout, but they're expected to survive with the officer not hurt. ACERT, the province's police watchdog, is now investigating to ensure the shooting was justified. Thomas Dias, Global News. And today is the last day residents of Northeast and Southeast Calgary can walk in to get their first COVID-19 shot at a special clinic running this weekend. The clinic has been set up at the Village Square Leisure Centre and is open 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. No appointments are needed. 5,000 shots are on hand for those needing their first dose. Federal Finance Minister Christia Freeland says a G7 deal to tax multinational tech corporations is good for Canada and its businesses. The agreement was announced today after a meeting of finance ministers from some of the world's wealthiest countries. Christia Freeland says in a tweet from London that it will ensure a fair and level playing field for Canadian businesses in the global economy. The ministers also agreed to support a global minimum tax rate of at least 15%. That aims to deter multinational companies from avoiding taxes by stashing profits in low-rate countries. The meeting of G7 finance ministers came ahead of the annual summit of G7 leaders scheduled next weekend in Carbis Bay, Cornwall. Emily Javesky, The Canadian Press. Global News Sky Tracker weather scattered showers with a high 14 degrees today. Temperatures will cool down to a low of 6 tonight with a few showers expected. Tomorrow, cloudy conditions and 14 degrees. It's 8 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Suck Gardening. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open. We have a few spots. 403-974-8255. I'm going to go back to Danny and see if we can help him with this willow. Welcome back, yeah. Danny. Thanks very much. Still here. So you mentioned, okay. fertilizer, you mentioned fer- feed them fertilizer. Which numbers are we, are we talking about? Uh, on something like that, you could use, depending if, you, if you're just doing it yourself, you could use like an all-purpose, like a 20-20-20 is a good water-soluble. Um, so water the tree really well first and then just just fertilize around the drip line of the tree um, and then prune out if any of the branches are dead so you want to remove any dead damage or disease branching as well because then the plant is trying to use its energy to rejuvenate those old branches so I would just 
And with the willow, it's pretty obvious they change color, so it's usually pretty easy to tell if they're if they're dead or not. Yeah, I just put my hand on there. It's cool or it's not cool. Um, yeah. And that, and that's and that's it. That's it. That's all you can really do. But and once you get them going, though, they do. Like I said, they are fairly heavy feeders. Like, um, and once you get them nice and healthy again, they'll perform really good for you. Last thing, um, the bugs. Like yeah. I have no idea. Have you heard about this bug before? Yeah. I've, is it? Did it look like it was embedded right in the leaf? It's almost like there, but there were like like tens of thousands of them. It was all. My wife thought they were aphids. They're definitely not aphids, but but they, yeah, they're, no, they're, there is there is black aphids as well. Like there's sort of like they're a dark red. There's some black ones. Um, so okay. there probably was aphids. Yeah, if they're all more on the new growth, like on the upper part, um, no, this absolutely. This yeah. is all in the lower, on the leaves, and they were about the size of a ladybug, mostly like a larger ladybug. But they were flat, and when you squished them, it was like squishing a blueberry. There was nothing yeah. left of them. Yeah, so this they're like a big aphid. Yeah, because they're just they're they're just um, pure spray green is a is a good one to use for that or ambush or you can get some of those praying mantis if you got them really bad. We can come see if you get some of those next week. Okay. All right. Well, Might have, have some fun more, with it. I want to have, have something in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, pure spray green is a great one. Okay. It'll also Thank look you. after the scale that comes after the willows unfortunately so it'll help with that as well okay i appreciate it thank you all right thank you take well. care bye-bye all right i'm gonna go to the phone line and talk to brian good morning brian good morning merle hey how are you very well yourself i'm doing really good what's up today well just hanging with uh, vegas watching our zoo grow our sheepdog had 12 puppies so Holy. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Was, uh, not expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's busy. Uh, anyways, I texted you some photos. I'm not sure if yeah, you got I just, them. Yeah, I just, I'm just looking at them. Yeah, so I apologize. I'm going to need a few minutes of your time here. So I'll give you as much info as I can. The paper birch and the column asthmers are, I got them in 2019. I had to winter them. And then put them in the yep. ground last uh, spring, and then we got our irrigation system, so I got bubblers. Yep. And they were all leafed out last year, and I've lost probably 90% of the columer aspens, and then the two paper birch, I put three in a row. Yeah. And one's those. just gangbusters, and the other two, I mean, they're, oh, I think everything's toast. And I'm wondering what the heck I might have done wrong. I, from what I'm looking at, I would say they probably uh, not enough water, like, in the fall. Like when I see them in planted in sort of in, in the grass like that and newly planted things when they don't leaf out typically is just not enough water like that slow deep watering okay. right up until freeze up is especially with the birch and the calm rasmus and I got the one picture of your big birch that you got there. Yeah, the one um, that's in the garden, that's separate from because that's Yeah, right and that right. same thing like with that when the top half of your your birch, is that the first year that happened, Brian, right now? Yes, it is. Yeah, and that's about 20 years old, that tree. Yeah, so what you want to do, though, we can still maybe save that. Um, water that tree really well. I know you have the little shed and the dog hose around it. Yep, you bet. Try and get some good soaker hose in there and give that a couple big doses of Rage Plus. 
Okay. I've seen trees like this if it's the first year. I've seen, and we have pictures of that right by the Rage Plus, of where we push life back into the top half of a birch tree okay. with the Rage Plus. Like So I would just put the soaker hose on that even after that rain, put the soaker hose on there, get a, about four or five pails of the Rage Plus yeah. and pour it around the drip line, and let's see if we can push some life back into that one because that – looks gorgeous on top it's just unfortunately you lost the top half of it it's, yeah, and this, well, yeah, it's, it's about a third right so yeah it's from our what it is it's just from our our falls have been really dry so once yeah. we hit august september october november and we're, we haven't been getting moisture until december by that time the ground's frozen and there's no moisture in there so they everything's going to bed dry so I yeah, I'm wondering say, that's what it, happened to the trees in the in the yard because 100%. Uh, w- when the irrigation system got blown out, it was during that early snow we got and the freezing. Yeah, and then um, we got that super hot for about six weeks, and yeah. I, I I couldn't keep up with the hose right because of the amount of trees we got. So yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I would say so. What I would do with those though, Brian, is remove the grass around there a bit, and yep. I would put mulch around all my trees because then that way, when you do water them in the fall, it's going to hold the moisture in for you and help you out. Um, okay. When they're just fully exposed like that, it, it's just it's a lot harder, and also the grass is taking some of the moisture, and it just the, it can evaporate. So if you put a good tree well around each one with yep. uh, with bark mulch, you'll have way more success. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Take care. Say hi to Riva. I will. Thank you, Brent. Take care, you guys. Bye-bye. And I'm going to go to Clive. Good morning, Clive. Hello, Merle. Hey, how can I help you? Well, I'm going to have a very large poplar tree cut down this year. And it's been suggested to do it in the fall. Uh, they're also going to grind up the stump and grind up roots that have, uh, are on the surface. Uh, it's been suggested, too, I've heard a number of things, but to drill some holes about a foot off the ground into the trunk of the tree and put some kind of chemical in there to start killing the tree and killing the roots. Yeah, we have a root rot that you can use. Um, it's specifically for that. Uh-huh. Um, but what um, what are you going to plant in that area after, or, or do you want to use that area, or just just turn it into lawn, or? Uh, I would just put grass on top. Okay. It's just you're gonna with a big poplar like that. I'm just I would recommend like you could take it down anytime, cut it down. But instead of trying to kill the roots, I would just get a like hire like a bobcat um, guy come in there just re-rip all the roots out and then just put new loam. It'll be a little bit pricier at first, but you're going to be fighting those things forever if you don't. Even yeah, stump grinding, it does. We go, you only go down so deep, and that's even with our guys, like with Printed Up. You go down that 16, 18 inches sort of thing, um, and then just trying to find all the roots, they end up grinding half the yard up anyways. <laughs> and for the amount of money you're going to spend on a stump grinder – um, to get the most of it out, I, I would just hire an excavator, like hire a bobcat guy, pull out it all, put a bunch of the old soil, regrade it, put new loam, resod it, and then you're then you're just done with it. Because uh-huh. otherwise, you're going to be battling for 
like 15 years. You'll call me in 15 years from now and we'll be talking about your roots. So <laughs> I just, I, I just, there's, when those big poplars are just, there's so much down there, right? It's just, right, it's a right. never ending battle. So yep. I'd, I'd rather see uh, this get the right tools in place to begin with. Let's rip that out, regrade it, get, get your new sod in there. And then that way you're not going to be battling it forever. So you don't think putting chemicals into the... Uh... Well, it, it'll kill it, but you're still with all those roots. And anytime you go to do anything, um, and there's chances, like, you won't get it all. Like, it's 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 a battle myself. And this, I just know how expensive... And the stump grindings, like, do the big stump. But then if you're going to get all the roots ground out, it's quite pricey as well. I just know how much what we end up having to charge for that. And mm-hmm. I would, myself... If it was my tree, I would just look at it and get a good bobcat guy in there for that hundred bucks an hour. He comes in, regrades your yard, pulls all the roots, bring a load of loam in, regrade it. Then you're just starting fresh because you're going to have to do all that anyways, but you're going to be fighting with those roots on top of the soil over and over. So you're going to be doing it, but a way harder and you'll probably end up spending way more money. And at the end of the day, you're going to end up with a, a inferior production at the end of it it's not going to be as nice okay so okay that would be my recommendation just and it and then it, you just know you're done with it because you're not dealing with chemicals you're not trying to kill all these roots you're gonna have suckers coming up all over the place so just uh just get in there with a get a good bobcat guy and uh get some fresh loam that sounds like it's going to destroy a lot of property a lot of surface area well, if either way you do it, you're going to have to, like, because even doing the stump killer, is it like those those roots are going to be all over your yard anyways. So you're going to have to, you're going to have suckers. Once once that tree that's taken down, like the next spring, you're going to have suckers come up like crazy. So, yeah, yeah. Poplars don't like to die. So, no, that, no, they're a nuisance. Well, and that's just sort of why, like I said, my advice is just to know what you're up against to begin with. So you're not calling me in two years saying, what do I do with all these suckers? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and I'll say to you, remember when we chatted there, Clive, uh, a couple of years ago? Uh, but I honestly, I told you <laughs> yeah, so honestly, I would just do that to begin with, and then that way you're just, you end up with a proper solution at the end of the day. Okay, much appreciated. All right, take care, Clive. Okay. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Awesome, bye-bye. And if you'd like to join me, we do have spots open, 403-974-8255. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Green It Up lawn fertilizer where the grass is greener on the other side of the fence spruce it up green it up prune it up we got you covered and i'm going to go to the phone line and talk to jan good morning jan hello can you hear me yes i can yeah uh what i did i had bought some uh well i didn't buy it i got some par three uh to kill my dandelions yeah and i mixed and i mixed it in a one liter bottle, but I think I overmixed it way because yeah. I killed my grass around it. Yeah. Is there yeah, any that's... way I can get that grass back? Um, give it a good raking. It probably just burnt the top foliage. Um, hopefully you didn't uh 
hopefully it didn't go right down to the roots. Part three is like a heavy duty um, kill axe for for your dandelions. It's typically a broadleaf herbicide. Except yeah, they use it in mixed. golf courses. Yeah, no, and that's what I mean. It's that more of the heavy duty stuff. Um, so you got to be a lot more careful with it. So what I would do is give it a really good raking, give it a really good deep watering, and then try adding using our green it up lawn fertilizer. See if you can get the roots some. going. Okay, get that on there, and then water it really well first, and then put the fertilizer on water well again, and then just see if you can get that to get the roots going. I don't think you probably killed the root system. You probably just burnt the foliage up top. Yeah, I've got about ten in my backyard. Yeah, no, I've seen that a bit when sometimes yeah, you get a hold of the good stuff and then it's mixed a little bit too strong. So yeah. So just be careful yeah. with that. Make sure you follow any of the directions or whoever yeah. gave it to you. Um yeah, just mix I, it. I checked it up on YouTube and I found I found the direction and I think I put about twenty milligrams instead of 0.02 milligrams. <laughs> uh oh, yeah, no, that'll do it. So, like I said, you probably just burnt the foliage. Um, so, just like I said, give those areas a good rate. Give them a really good water, trying to flush that out, and uh, see if we can get the root system back going. Oh, sure. Okay, thanks a lot. All right, take care. Yeah. That's you, Jen. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to go to Allison. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. You. How how can I help you? Oh, hi. Um, yeah, so I would like to know about some raspberries. I sent you some pictures. Um, they're only like halfway growing up the stalk. Like, so the okay. top of the stalk is still like, looks like what, winter. What is your last of your phone number? Last four digits. 9339. 93. I got a lot of text today. I'm just mm. halfway through them. <laughs> well, there it is. Yep. Uh, there we are. Okay, the pictures are just coming up. Uh, okay, what that is, that's fairly normal. That's the old growth. So you got to prune those out. So just prune out the old growth, and oh. uh, and then the new that new stuff will come up. So that's that's good. So wherever so you don't see any kind of growth on any of those sticks. A lot yeah. of them are the older growth, so just cut those out. And uh, and you try to – I know it's hard when you get raspberries, then you get grass and everything growing in there too. It's, it's a tough one. Yeah. It, um, it's, it's a battle. <laughs> yeah. I, well, it's located um, – It's it kind of gets shade from the fence. See, so yeah, and that's not, not very... going to be the best. Yeah, so – uh, what I would probably do, do you have another spot where you can maybe move them, uh, like into a sunnier spot? <laughs> into the city property, yeah, <laughs> on the yeah. other side of the fence. <laughs> there you go. Um, I've seen a lot of people use the back alleys for raspberry patches. I see that a lot. So, um, yeah. Not that I'm condoning or saying to do no, that, but no, that's... <laughs> no, mom, mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, that that's the other part. It's struggling, just not enough light. And okay, so so it should fill in up on the top though eventually, or well, depends if they're old wood and depends what variety. Because some of them die back, like the old wood dies back, and they only fruit on their new wood. So that's why we cut out the old wood. So, so, every so that wood, wood that I, the picture that I sent you, I think it's only like two year old wood. Like yeah, so not... those are the ones that die back. So then you got to cut all that out. 
and then let so a lot of the stuff that's old and gray like that those are the ones you cut out but and, it still has growth on the bottom yeah it's just it, it's coming out the root sort of thing right oh okay so trim it off and i sh- yeah like because i haven't had fruit from these guys yet and i've had them for like four or five you, years you probably won't because you don't have enough light like they do need oh, the light okay. to produce fruit so you just, I even threw just your fertilizer on it too and yeah so what they're doing is they're just surviving so okay so for I a lot of your fruit on. and flowers yeah to get any fruit you're gonna need some sunshine oh it's so much work <laughs> <laughs> but the nice thing is raspberries have very small root systems, so they're fairly yeah. easy to move. So even if you wanted to do it on some of these cooler days, like early in the morning, okay. you can still do it even when they're leafed out a bit. Um, or wait till next spring and then – but it's kind of mm-hmm. nice doing it. When I'd probably just, do it now, yeah. And then would I fertilize again if I when I move yeah, it? Would I definitely use 15-30-15 at that time. All right, and I might get some fruit. You could the get them into some good? sunshine. Yeah, let's right. hopefully get some blooms going. Trim them but back I, and I move would, them and fertilize them. And, yeah, okay. I, and I would get on that fairly quickly if you if you could. Yeah, no, I totally can. Um, I got one more question. Can you answer? Okay. Or yep. okay, uh, Katoni Aster. My dad wants to take Katoni Aster out of the yard. It's probably yep. about <laughs> thirty years old and big. Yeah, so probably taller than me, probably about six feet tall. So, how do we go about doing that? He wants to do Roundup. Okay, do you have machine access? Uh, I'm probably like, not. Can a guy pull a bobcat up? No. No, probably not. No. I would just start at one end then with a shovel. Like I would just uh-huh. go cut it right down to the ground first, remove okay. all the foliage. Okay. And then just start at one end and just sort of like dig in a trench and just dig them out. Uh, Roundup, you're still going to have to do all the work anyways. And they don't have huge, huge root systems. So I would, like a big one's still going to have some. So they're more surface root? Well, they're fibrous roots, right? They're not like a big poplar or something like that. So so they are fairly easy, not easy, but no digging's easy. So I don't want to say that, but (laughs) they're not as as hard as some other things. You know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Okay, well, thank you so much, Merle, and enjoy right. your show every week. Thank you so much for listening. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mostly cloudy and nine degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10:30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Two people are in custody after an emergency alert issued a shelter-in-place order to residents of Park County near Edmonton and Enoch Cree First Nations Saturday. A stolen vehicle led to a high-speed police pursuit, a gun battle, and eventually two arrests. One of the suspects was shot but is expected to survive. ACERT is investigating the incident. And Pope Francis is expressing sorrow over the recent discovery of the remains of 215 Indigenous children at a former residential school in Kamloops, B.C. But the pontiff is not offering the apology sought by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Today, Francis called on political and church authorities to work to shed light on what he called this sad affair and to foster healing. It's 9 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis.
Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. going to go to the phone line and chat with Ivy. Good morning, Ivy. Hi. Hi. Is it Ivy? Yes. Hi. Uh, hi. How can I help you? Okay. Just a real quick question. Um, I'm growing some geraniums and small tomato plants just okay. on my patio. And I bought miracle Grow potting soil. Okay. And it says... It feeds feeds the plants for six months. Okay. And so I'm wondering if it needs, um, like, I use uh, liquid plant food. Yeah. And can I use? Uh, can I still use the plant food? Yeah, in them, I would or? probably just maybe mix it a little bit less. There's not there's not a ton of food in it. I'll be honest. Like they they what they have in there is some slow release fertilizer. So. You can do that even like with, with our lawn fertilizer or a product called Osmocote or you just mix it into the soil and it'll just slow release into the soil. So that's what they've done like when they mix their soil. Oh, I see. They, they okay. have a little bit of that in there. But well, it, typically it's not enough to, to feed them. So okay, if I you want to still – yeah, No, just maybe mix it um, maybe half or three-quarter strength, um, but you won't hurt your plants with a little extra okay. – like a 15, okay. 30, 15 or something, you'll be good. Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Okay, bye. And I got a quick text here from Leslie in Bentley. Um, she has a big birch tree, but this one looks like it's maybe the top has been dead for a bit. If it's the first year, if your birch tree is, is died back, um, what I would do is, like I mentioned earlier to the caller with the birch, is uh, to Brian is do a really good soil drench around the drip line of the birch and then try and use birch or try and use rage plus rage plus. I've seen it push life back into the top ones, but Leslie, I think this one, it looks like it might be like that for a bit. So I would probably just prune that out and, uh, and then be done with that uh, top part of that. That's died back, unfortunately. So give that a try and, uh, and see how that works. And I'm going to go to Lyle on the phone line. Thanks, Lyle. Uh, good morning, Merle. Hey there. How can I help you? Um, I'm just, uh, I missed the tail end of the one uh, caller that was talking about the birch and the columnar asthmus that weren't leafing out on the top 10 feet. I have two of those columnar aspens that this is the second year in a row, like I'm not getting any leaves on the top 10 feet. They're about 20 feet high. Now, Did they finally leave out last year or you didn't no, get any? No, okay. no. Now, are they toast or like the bottom yeah. half is healthy? Yeah, you can try and prune them out, but typically if it's that bad, when you do a big prune like that on your aspen, it's it, it it's going to eventually die back on you. It's going to die. Like it just slowly, because when you do a big prune, what had happened is it probably got freeze-dried. Like when we, it was probably fully leafed out either the year before or last year in the fall. Uh -huh. And then when, when we got that real flash cold, like when it gets down to minus 20 or something in September, Right. And then some of them get affected by that, and then it's just it's just freeze dried on there. Okay. And some of the aspens, I see quite a bit of it. And if you get it early in the spring, it then it's the same treatment is with that uh, Rage Plus. It's a it rebuilds tissue in in trees and shrubs. Okay. So it can it can get it going again. But if it's been left the second year, I would say chance are to get it going is probably slim to none. Okay. So I, okay. you can probably look at pruning it out, 
But I just find when you do that big of a prune, you end up with the diameter that you're cutting is going to be probably in the three to four inches at least. Yeah. And yeah. and it's slowly going to die back. So depending on how much of it, you might want to look at just starting fresh. Okay. Uh, another quick question with your lawn fertilizer. Three times a year or twice a year? Three times a year. Okay. I fertilize in early April. Am I good to go now or is it too soon? Um, you could probably wait a little bit, um, sort of close to the end of June. You should be good. Okay. Already All right. then. Okay. Yeah, Thank and you then very much. again in August, September. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. And where am I at for time? I'm good. I'm going to go to Norm. Good morning, Norm. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. <clears throat> of course. How can I help you? I've got a, a little bit of a problem here that I was hoping you can help me with. I live west of High River on a, an acreage, and I'm trying to get a bit of a hedge going on the west side of my house, but there is absolutely no protection from the wind, and I've got some lilac in now, but there was a few places that I was thinking maybe of sticking in hydrangea or polka or something of that sort, but I need your recommendations there that will stand that unprotected wind pressure. Yeah, you, you can do some quick fire hydrangeas or limelight, but what I would do is ensure I'd put them like in front of the lilac, sort of have your lilac as your shelter belt. Okay. So typically what you'd see is a row of spruce and then a row of lilac, and then once you go into your third row, you can start doing some little bit nicer stuff like hydrangeas or, or some of those things. So you're trying yeah, to create I, that a little bit of a wind wall. The problem with spruce is I didn't want to be blocking my view of the Rocky Mountains. I've got a no. fantastic view, and I don't want a, a real high yeah. tree that would block no. that view. Makes, that totally makes sense. I, I agree with you on that one. So if you get your lilacs, and if you, if you got them going, and I always like to ensure that I leave a bit of a tree bed around them, like and put mulch in there just to keep them, especially on acreages or depending on how much water you can get out to them, just to keep them nice and healthy. Like they, they still, they'll perform a lot better if you can get a drip system to them or something mm -hmm. like that. And okay. then you know, they'll grow a lot better for you. Yeah. Okay. And but also quick fire. Yeah. Quick fire hydrangeas, limelight. A lot of those ones will do great for you. Okay. Thank you. Um, second thing, uh, just quickly, uh, I've planted a bunch of new spruce trees in there. Some of them are uh, kind of small, and I've prepared the base of pretty close around to the uh, drip edge uh, with regards to bark mulch. But I'm getting grass coming up. Is there a spray I can use to kill yeah, that you can grass? Just use, yeah, you can just use Roundup just when it comes up through the mulch. Just it's make sure you don't you spray. Do. Yeah, just as long as you don't spray any of the leaves or needles. If it's just in the ground, it it's it goes neutral when it hits the ground, so okay. you're you're fine. It only what it does it attacks the chlorophyll in the leaf and stops them from feeding. So if you're just spraying it on the ground, just on the grass, and sometimes if I get close to some of my other plants, I'll use a pipe or something like a six inch pipe, and I'll put it over top of the weed and then just spray down the pipe, and then yeah. I know that I'm just spraying the herbicide just on where I want it to spray. Okay, that that's okay then for around the lilacs too, is it? Absolutely, yep. Just make sure you don't spray on, make sure you don't get any wind drift or anything on those windy days when you're doing it. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, thanks very, very much for your help. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. All right.
Take yeah. care. Thanks, Norm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Gary. Good morning, Gary. Morning. Hey there. How can I help you? Hi, Gary. Uh, I want to know if uh, Norway maple is hardy for Calgary. I've, I have one that is about six years old. The first few years it thrived, and then three years ago the tip top died off. And this year... It doesn't have no leaves except uh, maybe 85% of the tree is bare except on the bottom part, like there's leaves. So I've uh, babied it, watered it, uh, Rage Plus, and of course... Norway, you said Norway maple, right? Uh, Norway, Norway spruce. maple with the burgundy yes. leaves. Yeah, no, and and unfortunately they are they are hardy for the most part, but what happens? It's similar to what I mentioned earlier to one of the callers about like with birch and some of the hardwood trees like a maple. What kills them is our dry falls, like when it's really dry, going into like September, October, November. Mm-hmm. But of course, with this tree, I basically drowned it, so they're going to. I don't think that it was lacking water. Oh, in, in the fall, the yeah, water didn't. Yeah, really, okay. Of course, like, out of course, here too, okay. in the spring too. Yeah. Okay, that's typically what does them in is when I see it, and some of them just a winter kill, um, and it's just desiccation. Like some of it's so dry, mm-hmm. and some of the once they freeze, some of there's just not enough in it for them. Yeah. Yeah. It they're. Like I said, they're not native to our area, so we get a lot more of the softer woods are are more native to our areas, like aspens and poplars and willows and the real softwood. Okay, like I can't think that answers my question, but here's a tip with your aunt hotel. Let yeah. it up shop and then move the, the pot on a sidewalk or back alley and pour boiling water to it. That way you can save your soil. Okay. And then you uh, then you don't then you don't lose any of your soil. No, and next step is with uh, the clematis, A B C, A is acceptable, B is bad, and C is Calgary. Yep, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, so we were chatting about that next. Thanks. Week. And you put uh, Wade Hartwell and Barry Orskin to shame. Thank you so much. <laughs> They're good good guys, but I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. All right. And we're going to go to John. Good morning, John. Good morning. I put some gravel on top of some gardening cloth and around some trees last year. It looked really good until I put a bird feeder over it. Mm. Bird seeds now growing completely out of control throughout the gravel. Help. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only thing with bird feeders. and, and, And I know typically if you use a bird seed... Um, without any waste. So if you use a good quality bird seed, typically there's no waste, so it won't grow underneath. Like if you use the sunflower kernels or something like that, it's too good. They they just don't they, – no birds let it go to waste. So it'll be eaten up like crazy, so you won't end up with that problem. The only thing I would do is just get a little bit of – like either just rake up the gravel a bit, stir it up, because they're probably not rooted into it. They're probably just growing on top. Yeah. So if you just rake the gravel around or you can get some Roundup, 
to spray the foliage of those of the bird seed that's growing and it'll die back that the the roundup will not hurt my trees around it no just don't soak it like so it'll be fine like i said it only attack as long as you're not spraying the leaves on the tree or anything if you're just spraying it on those little seedlings that are popping up they'll be fine but i think you should be able to handle it i would just go in there with my hands and just mix up the gravel and you you should be able to just pour pull most of it out okay can i just ask about safety with roundup and dogs yep we're good yeah, no, it, again, like you said, if you're just spraying the foliage, as long as the dog doesn't go eat the foliage right after you did it or something, um, for the most part, it's safe. Uh, the guy who invented it actually drinks the stuff. <laughs> like he, he's kind of crazy, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. I don't recommend people use it in veggie beds, but it is good for a certain foliage. But follow directions, be safe with it, and then you're usually fine. Thank you very much. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And where am I at for time? I got a bit of time going through the calls. Pretty good here. We're going to go to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you? So we started to uh, reseed some low areas in the front yard there with the big spruce tree. And I filled yep. it all up, kind of got it level. But I got the seedlings going. The grass actually worked this time. But I got yep. track grass patches popping up, and I kind of want to know when to tackle that and what's the best way to tackle it. Um, it the best way, you can see if you can, how easy it is to pull out. But the only problem is when you start pulling quack grass out, typically you break the root, and then you create more. So That's what happened. The, yeah, the best way, yeah, the best way to get rid of the crabgrass or quack grass or whatever you want to call it is just the spot spray roundup on that. And what I do is same thing. I'll get a two- or three-inch tube. I'll put it over just that patch, spray down the tube, and then you're just hitting what needs it. Or some people I've seen painted on with a sponge. Um, it's it's a tough one though. It's if, especially if it's in the grass. So it's almost like restarting in those little patches after. Just tackle that area after. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that's what. Yeah, that's what happened. Like you said, if you if you try digging it out before. You end up then all of a sudden in three or four weeks you get twice as much because you you broke the roots up and then it it took that as oh you want more of it so it'll sprout out a bunch of it so and overseeding that area with other seeds doesn't help. Um, well the, you you can like the bluegrass is an invasive species as well, but the quack grass, especially if you're near spruce trees, you're going to have a harder time as well. Like, are you right under the spruce trees or just on the edge? On the edge of everything, we got the big well around it too, and yeah, and the roots have just been playing havoc with the lawn, right? Yeah, so a lot of times, in what I recommend is trying not to fight with Mother Nature too much. I take the grass out past the drip line, and then I put mulch underneath the spruce tree, and then let the needles fall and do their thing, and then that way you're not going to battle with it because it's never going to end. Okay. Um, or. Yeah, you can try it. The one grass seed that works really good is called Ecolon. If you are going to try and get it to run underneath there, it's a fescue blend, and we sell that at Spruce It Up. Perfect. And I'd like to make a good shout-out to uh, you guys. I've met a couple of your representatives. Fantastic. Extremely pleasant and helpful people. I love it. Awesome. It Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, sir. Bye. Right. Take care, man. Thank you. No, and I will say a big thanks to our Spruce team. Um We've had one hell of a spring. Um, 
weather, frost, snow, rain, hail, heat. And uh, my team's been with me all the way through the whole thing. So a big thank you to the Spruce team out there. And uh, I think today we've had the pizza guy out for the last uh, few weeks on weekends. But today I think uh, we have a taco guy coming out. He's filling in for the pizza guy in the parking lot. So if you're out near Spruce and you feel like a food truck, support a local guy, come out and have a taco, that'd be great. But right now I'm going to take a quick break for the last bit of the show, and then we'll come back and do a few more calls. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coombs going to go right to the phone line as we have a couple minutes left here. We're going to go to Gail. Good morning, Gail. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, I got weeds and I can't get rid of them. And every year they're spreading. And I was told you can't get rid of these unless you dig down a foot deep to get the roots. Okay, and what kind of weeds are they? Good question. They're green and the leaf kind of comes to a bit of a point at the top. Okay. I don't know what they are, but they're in everything I've got, and I don't okay. know what to do. I wonder if it's that creeping bellflower, like to get in no, kind of I've blue got flowers. That. I know. No, it's not that. Okay. No. Um, and uh, in your flower beds or in the They're in, in the everywhere. Grass? They're through my, all around in my garden, veggie garden now, and they've gone through my raspberries, and now they're in under hedges and through my irises, you name it. And I can't stop them. I try and dig them out. Next year, they like it, they come back. Um, there's a couple of things, I guess, it, you could try, like a kid, you could try spot spraying Roundup in, in some of those areas and, and try some trial areas and see if it works. Nope, and it doesn't. <laughs> no, okay. Maybe get the steamer, like we had John, I think it was John earlier, um, get, get a steamer out. Because um, Roundup, it's typically... Um, one of the strongest ones that you can use or you could call and see if you can call one of the like a weed specialist guy maybe there's something a little bit stronger but if it's a broadleaf weed like killex or something killex or roundup should look after it for the most part yeah. or are you just digging out the soil and starting fresh well i've tried killex and they thought that was a diner's delight and the same uh, with roundup so i don't know what this is They've got to get rid of it because it's well, <laughs> taking over. Well, if you can maybe dig some up and bring it into bring a bring it in a bag, either to into a Ziploc, into a, if you're near Spruce It Up or one of the other garden centers, mm-hmm. and then maybe take it in and see if someone can maybe identify it and then help you out that way. Yeah. Okay. Just right. take it out. Put, make sure you put it in a Ziploc bag, though. Okay? I will. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Gail. All right. Going to go to Jack. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, Merle. How are you today? I'm doing great. How can I help you? You bet. Hey, I have a little leaf linden tree that I've had for about 20 years. Um, It's about 25 feet tall, very healthy, has been. Other than the last two years, I'm losing probably 60% of my foliage on the inner parts of the branches, and I'm also getting a lot of suckers coming out of the trunk and partway up the trunk where the branches start spreading out. Um, I, it, yeah, it almost, and it also the tree almost looks black and burnt looking on the south side of the tree. Okay, and that some of that is fairly normal. On the you want to make sure you don't have scale on it. So get if you can get close up and to see if there's any kind of like little um, 
they almost look like little bumps on there. You could be getting scale. Okay. Um, the other thing is when they get larger, they are a bit of a feeder too. So ensuring that they get that slow, deep watering, a okay. soaker hose around the drip line, and sh- and ensure that you're feeding it. Like either like with a pruned up guys who come out and do the deep root injection or a 20-20-20, a oh. good all-purpose fertilizer around the drip line. Okay. Um and the lindens are the same thing. They need that fall that fall water. Again, they're a harder wood, and they do better when they do get that. And as our trees grow, our falls and that have been really quite dry, and there's they do need that extra water when we try to plant those types of trees into our landscape. Will the will the inside foliage that I mentioned that is that looks like it's dead now. Will that come back? It, it's 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 bizarre because some of it has like one leaf on the very tip of the end of it and nothing yeah. else on it. That just tells me it's sort of suffering. It just needs a bit more food and stuff like that. So okay, so a twenty twenty or a twenty fruit injection. Yeah, and just give it some good water. But I got to go. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm at the end of the show. All right. Thanks, Jack. All right. Till next week, we'll get our garden on right here on seven seventy CHQR.